Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Will your leadership leave a legacy? Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Our guest today, Dr. Lisa Aldesert. She is president of Pharos Alliance. It's an executive advisory firm specializing in strategic planning, organizational, and leadership development. For more than 35 years, Lisa has offered clients a unique blend of leadership insight, trend analysis, and financial acumen. She strengthens connections between CEOs and their management teams, analyzes and enhances organizational dynamics, and assesses areas to improve systems and procedures. Dr. Aldisert, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, Dale. Thanks for having me. So uh, a little bit about you first before we dive into our topic about leadership and legacy. Uh, How did you become acquainted with and get involved with the Complete Leader Program? Well, I have known Ron Price for a number of years. We first met through an affiliation with uh, the assessment company that both of us use. And we got to know each other and got to talking a lot and became fast friends and over the years we got to know each other and build a relationship and when the complete leader was being developed I was on the sidelines watching and felt very honored and privileged when he asked me if I had an interest in being part of the faculty. Fantastic. Now uh, I understand that you have a dog right there at your feet right now. Sound asleep? Right now, he's sound asleep. And this is, I I like to say that I'm the single mother of a 10-year-old dog. And his name is Bosco, and he's just too cute. Oh, so Bosco might wake up perfectly fine, but right now, sound asleep. So that is, that's, so you'd call yourself a dog person, safe to say? Absolutely. Okay. Dog person. All right. How about you? Yeah. um, If you could just see me right now, um, my dog is actually, well, it's my daughter's dog, but he has uh, taken up residence on my desk. Perfect. He he likes to sleep up on the desk. So it's close, very close. So dog person as well. Absolutely. So, so our topic today, will your leadership leave a legacy? How do, how would you describe legacy leadership and, and uh, give us some insight on why you see it as important? Well, Dale, legacy leadership can occur in various ways. I'll tell the way that I think is least important first, because I'm going to talk more about the other one. But the first one is where a new system process or method is the outcome of a group effort where everyone feels an ownership in the results. And in that case, the leader of that effort has left a legacy in the form of something that will be used in months or years to come. And as an example, I have a client who's working on a a massive project that is in the category of important but not urgent, and it is to update a production manual for his department. And once that is completed, he will have a legacy in that he actually completed a project that several predecessors have tried and failed to do so far. So legacy leadership can happen in terms of the development of a thing that is there to stay after you have actually completed it. You call that the tangible the, product? Right, exactly. A tangible thing, um, product where somebody can put it in their hand, they can, they can see it, touch it, and use it. 
so as a different example, and one that I think is more telling about legacy leadership, is about being a strong people leader. And that's where you make a difference in the lives of the people who work for you. I think this is a very powerful outcome because the positive impact you have on others lasts throughout their careers and has a ripple effect to people who work for them in, in future years. So, Dale, think about jobs you have had throughout your career. And I'm sure you're like most people where you don't even remember the names of the bad managers you've had because they kind of blend together over time. But when you've had the benefit of a great leader, you remember that person no matter how many years have gone by. As an example, I began my career in the banking industry and my first manager left a powerful impression on me because he helped my professional growth by focusing on enhancing my strengths rather than trying to get me to overcome weaknesses that weren't relevant to the job. And that small point has stayed with me over the years. As you know, many managers will hammer their employees about getting better at their weaknesses. And they spend days and months trying to get people to do things that, that aren't going to really result in much change. But the great leaders focus on getting better at their strengths and only work on weaknesses where it's relevant to the job. Because as the employee, it is those strengths that have helped you grow and achieve more and find more success and fulfillment in your life. So, Absolutely. And you can point back to that person. Exactly. It, it, it affected not only how I saw myself as a leader, it affected how I have had, how, how I've been a leader to others and tried to help them develop their strengths. Uh, so legacy leaders themselves tend to be those who work on developing their own skills as leaders. They seek to continually get better and work on building the various skills. Uh, they look at leadership in a multidimensional way, and they know that their impact on their employees can have a greater impact that can be leveraged further down the road. So for that leader listening right now saying, okay, uh, there are some tangible results. There are the products that I've left behind, but I really want to focus on getting better at the people part and changing changing lives. What are some characteristics that we should be watching for, uh, working to adopt and improve upon and build as leaders? Okay. I think that there are five key competencies that I look at and for purposes of the audience listening, I want to say that these five could switch depending on what type of a job you're in uh, right now. But if we're going to look generally, the, those competencies would be self-awareness, interpersonal skills, personal accountability, influencing others, and goal achievement. And if you'd like, I will give you some examples of why these are important and how you can apply them. Absolutely, please. I'm looking at leaders here who have an, a focus on their employees as well as processes, projects, and methods. And as a result of that, let's start with self-awareness. A lot of things begin with self-awareness. And it's quite simply the ability to recognize and understand your moods, emotions, and drives, as well as 
their effect on others. So you know how your moods affect yourself. If you're in a bad mood, you know that you're not going to be as productive. But if you're in a bad mood, it probably has a negative effect on others as well. So someone who's self-aware knows when to charge ahead and when to pull back. She knows that if she's moody, her people may feel insecure about how they're performing because they don't know what's happening next. I was just talking with someone today, as a matter of fact, who is one of these hard-charging people who works for one of my clients. And all I could think of was he, that he could really benefit from learning more about self-awareness because he's a bulldozer in almost everything he does. And he he could benefit from learning more about how his moods and emotions have an impact on others. So that's self-awareness in a nutshell. The second one, which is interpersonal skills, is really the ability to interact with other people in a positive manner. And you, again, know what this is like when people are positive and pleasant and trying to get to know you and build relationships, you're more likely to have an interest in that person than somebody who's cranky and aloof and stays at a distance. So I think that having um, strong interpersonal skills is something that has a tremendous impact on on others. I, I have one particular um, person in mind as I'm saying this to you now who has this awesome ability to connect with others and he's just, he's magical at it. And when that happens, he can accomplish goals tremendously as a result of of his um, charming interpersonal skills. And it's some, next, something to be aware of and to be working on. It, yes. It sometimes it doesn't absolutely. come naturally, especially for those who are hard charging and can be bulldozers. Right. Well, it, it you work on it like you work on anything else. So, I mean, there are some people who are going to be uh, more introverted than others and aren't going to be in that rah-rah state, but you can be a quiet leader. Um, I know that you have interviewed Andy Johnson, who is an expert on this. So for those who um, are introverts and are interested in, in that point of view, please check the Complete Leader Library for Andy's work. But again, you don't have to be larger than life to have strong interpersonal skills. You have to be pleasant. You have to be interested in the other person and basically have a conversation. The next one is personal accountability. Uh, this is quite simply the ability to answer for personal actions. I know lots of people who are good at this and more people who are bad at it. Human nature in our society goes more towards blaming others rather than standing up for something that they, they may have done that has had a a negative impact on on somebody so again in my pool of clients one of my clients is masterful at this he is always willing to account for situations where he has not completed something or has forgotten to uh, take a, a particular step that his CEO was expecting and never tries to bring other people into it always just takes takes the um, takes the high road and what I have found 
interesting about this, Dale, is that when somebody acts with a strong sense of personal accountability, it diffuses people who like to blame others. I actually think personal accountability is an antidote to blaming people. It's an antidote to the blame game. And I'm sure you've seen this as well. And a powerful way to earn respect. Yes. And trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the next one is influencing others, and that's your ability to personally affect other people's actions, decisions, opinions, and even their thinking. So, again, it doesn't matter whether you are outgoing or more um, shy. You can influence people effectively based on how you, your own personal style of influencing. And I like to think of this not in terms of manipulative influence as in um, an aggressive salesperson who's trying to sell you something, but think of the person who gets you to agree with enthusiasm to do what you thought you'd never do, and then all of a sudden you find yourself doing it. That's a person who has mastery over the ability to influence others. You know, as a leader, you are having people, you have to get people to get things done. So your influencing equation is vital to this. I think of aspiration and visionary uh, along those lines and, mm-hmm. and cast, casting that vision and, and articulating the dream so that people join in and say, yes, I can see that and now I have a way to get there. And it's the leader who who leads the way. That's absolutely correct. And a great segue into the last one that I'll mention now, which is goal achievement. And that's when you set and pursue uh, personal, professional, and team goals, regardless of obstacles or circumstances. And it it's very hard to get people to work with you to achieve goals if you haven't set out the vision and you haven't created the environment where your people know what's in it for them if they follow you in this respect. So, and again, it's surprising because there are so many people who are really good. They can be good leaders in general, but all of a sudden they are, um, when it comes to being a visionary or setting that vision, it just takes more, it takes more work. Great list. I'm going to go through it one more time for folks who might be taking notes on this. It's self-awareness, interpersonal skills, personal accountability, influencing others, goal achievement. So that is the Correct. what. That's the what. Oh, somebody just Guess woke who's up. awake. Guess who's awake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the list of five uh, things to do. Let's talk about the how. How do you recommend that people take action and get those results? Great. I think if you want to develop a reputation as a legacy leader, you want to achieve mastery over these five competencies. And achieving mastery is not something that is a one and done kind of situation. And it certainly doesn't happen overnight. So I recommend that you take one competency per month and just work on that one. So start with self-awareness. Work on self-awareness for a month. Pay attention to what you're doing during the day and you'll find self-awareness creeps into your system pretty quickly. But every day, 
you ask the question at the end of the day, what did I do to achieve higher self-awareness? And keep notes on the specific things that you may have done that will reflect those the, the higher self-awareness. And after you finish that one, the next month you go on to interpersonal skills and keep going through this until you've gone through all five. And then repeat. I would do the same thing, uh, five, go through all five, one month at a time. And you're going to find that after 10 months, you will see a noticeable difference in your leadership effectiveness. But you'll also see a great difference in your comfort level and your degree of confidence as a leader. What about getting uh, somebody else to help you through this process? I, I think that's a, a great idea, Dale. In fact, what, one of the things I recommend is that you use some metrics in the process. Self-score on a scale of one to five yourself on each of these, and then ask a trusted advisor to do the same thing. To, to score you on a scale of one to five. And what you really want to look for first are the gaps. If you think you're terrific at something and they think you're, eh, then they will, um, that gives you an idea that there may be a gap there. So they may think you're great. You may think you're, you may think you're great. They may think you're not. So that, that gap is important. And I, I find that that will help uh, accelerate this, this process and it will help you get to the results that you're looking for. And you actually and it, have a gift for our listeners to help them do I, this. I do indeed. I have a worksheet that can help you get started. So you can feel free to email me with the words legacy leadership in the subject line, and I'll send you this worksheet and give you a few tips to get started. So Lisa's email address is lisa at Pharos Alliance. I'm going to spell that out for folks. P-H-A-R-O-S. A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E, ferrosalliance.com. All of her contact information is also in the show notes. So, uh, Lisa, thank you so much. This is fantastic information and actionable that we can we can start working on immediately, and you've given us five months of work to do to be legacy-building leaders. And we're going to have more conversations with you in future episodes. So more from... Dr. Lisa Aldisert coming up on the Complete Leader Podcast. Any final words for us? Well, Bosco <laughs> obviously does. just had some final words. My, my final words is that when you think, uh, don't think that legacy leadership is pompous. A lot of people have looked at me and said, well, you know, isn't it pompous for me to want to be, to create a legacy? And the answer to that is no. It's not like you're trying to get your name up in lights. What you're really trying to do is to... Uh, be consistent, sincere, and authentic. And as a result of that, that creates your legacy. It's about the person you are and how you're conveying um, yourself as a leader to others. So um, I, I wanted to make that comment as a closing comment. And thank you so much, Dale, for your time today. And I appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts with your audience. And uh rub one of Bosco's ears and uh, thank you so much. We're going to talk to you again on a future episode. I look forward to that conversation. And for uh, those of you listening, remember this is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high performing leader. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 